Whether you're dealing with does in heat and bucks in rut, the winter blues, the marathon of kidding season in the spring, or show season in the summer, Nate Funk and John Kane of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, are with you every step of the way, bringing you interviews from various breeders, judges, and others from all over the country. We're always covering the latest ad good news and covering topics to help make us all better dairy goat breeders. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and this week I'm joined by my co-host, best bud, confidant, all of the above, Nate Funk. How's it going, brother? Going pretty well, and same right back to you. You know, uh, best buds, confidence. We tend to uh, pass, talk to each other, call each other up at crazy hours and bounce ideas off each other. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. We don't do it just for the show. We drive our (laughs) wives crazy. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's I drive tyranny crazy regardless. So it's okay. Uh, What's, uh, you know, we've had, we've had so many guests, uh, in the last couple of weeks that we haven't really like discussed what's going on in our farms. No, so, no. We did a Thanksgiving special and. and oh, you uh, betcha. Oh, sure thing there, huh? <laughs> That's going to be a shirt <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah no, man. we haven't. Uh, oh, goodness. It's been, uh interesting it's interesting kind of relates to our topic but yeah we won't uh, talk about the the breeding aspect no 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 no. but everything else going okay Uh, yeah we um we're getting ready for winter luckily uh you know the weather forecast for this week calls for meek and mild so it allows us another week of barn cleaning and and farm prep word i gotta do that this friday Ugh. We, we've got take the, cool the uh buckets for the most part all inside and the feed pans all set and winter pastures all set and uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty you know, good we've figured out who's for the most part who's going where when weather turns really foul um, and we, we actually went off and picked up some second cutting hay, um, earlier this weekend. So, uh, you're um, right in line with me. I picked up a truckload on Wednesday or Thursday, one of those two days. Um, yeah. Made the trip out. Uh, and you know, it's kind of like winter. I feel like everybody that's listening is probably in the same lull right now where perhaps they're breeding they're finishing up their breeding season and kind of just hunkering down for winter and getting ready for spring and kind of just doing their thing i feel like that's where we're at too uh on my farm and yours yeah we're kind we uh played around a little bit with the ultrasound Uh, Ooh, fun yeah yeah got to you guys getting good at that Jen's getting a lot better. I'm getting better at seeing what she's looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were able to count uh, fetuses for the most part. Uh, we weren't this counting bubbles so much, but we were counting vertebrae and, and little 
you know, skull images and such. Yeah, I've got a probably this week I'll draw blood and especially on my one doe that I AI'd uh, see if she took or not. Um, Ooh, that's an exciting yeah, one too. It is, and once I can confirm, then I'll share with the world. Uh, but for now, it's my little secret that I've shared with friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a a buck uh, that uh, he's kind of exciting in his own right. but uh... He's exciting and frustrating at the same time for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and frustrating for standing divulge. behind his daughters. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, now, once once we can confirm that, then I'll uh, share with the audience. Um, well, we'll be holding our breaths and waiting. Ooh. Yeah, it'll be like Christmas, which is coming up soon. Maybe you could do it in time for Christmas. Maybe, but I mean, it's really just a gift for me, right? It'd be a, a Hilaire <laughs> Farms like Christmas reveal. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody be like, ah, who cares? <laughs> uh, Should I go into the phone call I received today or no? It was, well, yeah, you know, because it's something crazy that I think some. Yeah. You, I'm sure. Okay, well, I'm for, sure people for the sake of, of uh, neutrality. Um, mm-hmm. I won't name the farm name that they were looking right, for. Right, right, okay. right. All right. I mean, they'll be able to piece it together once I tell the story, but that's fine. So, I'm at work today, minding my own business, doing my workly tasks, being a good employee. And I get a phone call, and it's a Pennsylvania number, and I'm like, huh, who's this? So, I uh, go ahead and answer the phone, and I'm like, Hello? The person's like, it's a it's a lady. She goes, uh, yeah, is, is this John Kane of Hillier Farm? And I'm like, who? I'm famous. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. How may I help you? And she goes, do you have X animals in your herd? Farm name like, inserted uh, at X. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I own a daughter of X animal from X herd. Uh, was there something particular you were looking for? They're like, uh, so that's all the X herd animals you have. I'm like, yeah, at this time, yep, yep. They're like, okay, thanks, and hung up. Click. <laughs> that was that was the conversation. <laughs> and I was like, well, excuse me. Excuse me. So I was, I, I mean, I, I honestly was baffled when I got that phone call. I was like, um, great. Okay. Like, <laughs> so, so on one hand, you and I know who, who X Herd is, and they're very accomplished. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done very well themselves. And yada, yada, highly yeah. Of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time, as, as new breeders, Receiving a call like that where someone is asking for somebody else's hurt genetics, it's you might might you told me about it. My initial thought was why didn't they call X herd? Yeah, and my my immediate knee jerk reaction was like, Well, they don't wanna 
purchase and ship out an animal, it'll probably be cheaper to shop local. Oh well, um, yeah, and, and we always encourage shopping local. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was just so like in my mind, I'm like, well, okay, I get it. Like I, I'm a normal breeder. I'm nothing special. Um, but it's like me calling up Walmart and asking if they have some item from Target, right? <laughs> no, we don't have the Target uh, logo icon nope. for sale. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I click. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, whatever. It was interesting. I thought it was just a funny little uh, encounter. Um, and if the person that called is uh, listening, um, feel free to call me back and learn what's in my herd. And maybe there's something that I can accommodate you with. If there's a certain type or style that you're looking for, maybe we have it. Maybe we don't. And honestly, I might know some breeders that might be able to accommodate what you're looking for. But Exactly. I was going to say, in in because we're, we're not that greedy. We're kind of the sort of people who say, uh, oh, you know, you're looking for that? Have you talked to so-and-so? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. we'll, set, you know, we'll, we'll spread the love. Yeah. So that was a fun little interaction today. Um, but otherwise, uh, we do have a feedback question this week, Nate. Oh, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's been a while a since fun we've... One ripped open a new bag and delved in for the goats. Uh, so this question is from Lauren and she says, I saw a thread online, I'm guessing Facebook, uh, regarding a complaint with Adga, which spurred another discussion about DNA. Should my whole herd be DNA'd? And I'm guessing she means that should she type her animals and, I'll put them on file. Uh, and I guess I'll take the reins first. And uh, we won't delve into that complaint right yet. Uh, we'll save that. But um, if you want to be able to tell someone who is purchasing from you uh, that X and X animal are on file, then go ahead and put them on. Uh, you know, in what is it? Another year now, Nate. Uh, twenty twenty-three. They're twenty twenty-three. Yep. They're going to be requiring that all bucks uh, registered are put on file. So why not just start the process now, so you're not doing thirty or however many uh, when that goes through. Um, you know, and things happen. So I think it's smart to get your animals uh, put on file and, you know, go from there. It's kind of how I feel. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go into the complaint just yet. We'll save that for the next section here, but uh, that's how I feel. Okay. So I'm going to, I agree with you. I mean, so all our bucks are DNA typed. Mm -hmm. Many of our does are DNA typed. Mm -hmm. Um, we do a few every year. Uh, we normally sign up for ADCA Plus. Gives us kind of a little discount on the DNA normally. Um, and so we try to try to DNA type as many of our animals as we can. Um, 
mainly we go initially for the uh, foundation of the dam line and mm-hmm. those does who we feel quite frankly will do well you know make sure the does that we think will get the sgs and the championships and the milk stars make sure they're dna type but we we do kind of where our goal is to aim at trying to have you know our keeper animals does and bucks all dna type um, if someone says to us as they're buying an animal, can I have that doe DNA type? We have no problem doing that. Um, right. We've been, quite frankly, in some of our animals, if you're paying so much money for them, we kind of would, would expect you to want that information. Again, that goes into the DNA type uh, complaint. But... Um, so I, uh, you know, yeah, I would say maybe not run out and get your whole herd done in one fell swoop, but I would start right. working your way towards having your your whole herd um, DNA type, certainly your box, because they can have the biggest impact on your herd. Having done this, one of the things we have found is handy is, you know, oh, the buck just jumped the, these two bucks jumped the pen. They got in with this, this yearling. Which of the two or three bucks is the sire? Freshen it out, pull some hair from the kid. These are the ones we think it's going to be. Yes or no, the DNA type will tell you. You can right. confirm whether the sire is who the sire is. Okay. If you're spending buku bucks on an animal, um, that's a good idea to have that done anyway. But yeah. we'll, we'll cover that another time. Um, if you're going to sell an animal for buku bucks, you probably should offer it. I mean, if you're selling it for a <laughs> boatload of money, you know, the cost of a DNA test. 30 bucks? Security. Yeah, it's, it's security for the person buying it. Um, Spotlight sale animals need to have it. Um, so yeah, I, I I I say the whole herd. I would start with your bucks. Maybe mm-hmm. your your prominent does first. You know, prominent. I meaning the the doe who is the the dam of the dam or the grand dam of the rest of your herd. You know the foundation for your dam lines in your herd start with them and then every year add more does to that list of animals being dna'd and bucks um that's what we're doing i think it's a good idea um well i I even know of breeders that will pull hairs on all their animals put them in an envelope or a Ziploc bag, you know, mark who, what animal it is and put it in a filing cabinet. So that way, if there's any question in the future and say that animal goes, you know, ends up with a bad case of dead, as Nate puts it, uh, you have that on file just in case any questions do arise. We do that. In fact, we pulled, we had one doe who wasn't um, DNA typed. And then unfortunately she was an age doe and she passed. Quite frankly, we pulled hair on her before, you know, she went to Great Yonder, um, you know, just to have a hot. And yeah, we put it in a Ziploc 
Then we put that in a full, in a envelope with their name on it and the date that we pulled it so that we can send it in. Um, yeah. Know, if we, so it's, I, do you need to hurry up and run out and do it right now? No. Do I think it's a great idea? Yes. Do I yep. think it's a great marketing tool? You betcha. Yeah. You know, it's extra, um, extra insurance. And do I say that if a customer wants to do it on a high, high cost animal? Yeah, I'll cover it. If they want to do it on an animal that I'm tossing up between whether sending it to the auction or selling it for breeding stock, I probably should be sending it to the auction, but I'll, I'll do it if they want, want them done, but I may negotiate with them on how it's being paid. Oh, just, yeah, exactly. Just add it into the sales cost. Um, you know, and since, thank you, Lauren, for that question. And since uh, we're on that topic, let's discuss that post that had everyone up in arms this week, the complaint process and you know why that complaint process with ADGA is important. Um, so for those that may not know, there was a post by someone this week um, displaying uh, past complaints of, of a member and the complaint was against another member. Uh, and then a current complaint that's still in the process uh, from a member to, again, that same other member. Uh, and that was shared all throughout the district pages before, thankfully, uh, someone such as Ellen Dorsey spoke up and said, hey, uh, probably not great to be sharing for all the directors to see uh, as we have not gone over this current complaint yet, which is right, to be to be gone to over. It. Right. They, they review all complaints during um, the board of directors meeting. So these complaints, I believe, are quite valid. Um, I'm not going to go into my personal feelings on these complaints because I can go on for hours and I'll probably That's end up yelling. Um. But uh, to keep it PG, since I would not be able to hold in my temper, um, you know, past complaints being shared, uh, if it was me, the complainant, and that was shared and everything's already been gone over, there's been a verdict from ADGA on what they want to do about that. Um, I personally wouldn't have an issue with that. That's me. If I had a current complaint that hasn't gone through the due process, uh, according to the guidebook, yep. because yes, there is a process on page 14 and 15 in, in the guidebook. Yep. Um, I think it's important gone... people oh, go ahead. read that, too. I think it's yeah. important, you know, if you want to know, you know, with the process, go to those pages, 14 and 15, um, mm -hmm. Constitution Bylaws. It tells the process. And, you know, I'll admit it's not cheap. You got to put up, what, 25 bucks? 25 bucks to yep. uh, send in the complaint um, to ADGA. And then it gets reviewed and sent into the uh, the complaintee or the complaint, the, the person receiving the complaint. Um, they have a certain amount of days to answer. And... Uh, yeah, once they answer that, then it goes through the process where they find a hearing officer and uh, they have so many days to question each person and get their side of the story. 
and then the hearing officer at board of directors meeting uh, gives gives the directors um, what they the information that they got. They'll go over the entire complaint as it's written through um, from the complainant, and then um, they'll either the board will either make a decision then and there, or they'll speak to both sides of the process and uh, go from there. Anyway, um, the complaint that's currently in process should not have been shared um, because the directors don't need to see that yet because they haven't gotten all the information. It hasn't gone through that process I just described. Um, it's honestly a little disheartening to see people just flail that around. And, and I get people are like, well, we need to be in the know of what breeders to be on the lookout for. Well, the complaint yeah. could be bogus. The complaint could be bogus and the breeder might have not done anything wrong that or right. any the person um where uh now you're they're getting a bad name for something that hasn't even gone through the process to see if they're guilty or not or whatever so think i think of it like judge and jury right directors are the jury they get all the information from the officer hearing officer and they make the judgment off that they can't be getting information off of facebook right yeah it's just that's not how it works because people will say that my cat is orange and by the time it gets through all these other people sharing it and adding on their spin of the story yeah, it ends up being an purple. exactly so it could be something totally opposite so that's that's something that does not need to happen i get people want to be in the know about somebody that might be doing unethical things i get then, it then when you're buying an animal and you're looking we've covered this you're looking for a reputable breeder ask questions you know if yeah. people go oh well you know they're kind of being investigated then you have the choice as the buyer to go left or right you know you can leave the person or stick with it um but at the same time i think uh you know it's human nature to be curious about what's going on but mm -hmm. there are times that we need to let due process go through. Um, I, I think, you know, recently, the most recent board of directors uh, meeting um, uh, at convention, they dealt with a complaint. They, they dealt uh, with a couple, I believe. Yep. And it's it, it may be frustrating for having to wait. I, I saw the post, and I know that the dates on the complaint letters and mm -hmm. it could be really frustrating you know the timeline yeah, listen listen but, it's, it's it's not a perfect process i've said on the old facebook and i'll say it here do i think that a complaint process is needed yeah do i think that the current complaint process and how it's dealt with is perfect in 2021 no, I believe it was perfect back in the days before internet. Um, I'm sure that was, you know, a perfect way to deal with it then. But now in 2021, maybe we can shorten that process and uh, make it a little bit more streamlined where, hey, 
directors can all meet on Zoom with the hearing officer and talk to them on there. Um, you know, maybe it's not 30 days between each step of the process or, or some of the steps I believe are longer. I'd have to reread it. Um, but maybe it's two weeks, three weeks, and, and we streamline it. We're not waiting until the end of the year for the board of directors meeting. Maybe we're waiting a couple months, if that, yeah. you know. This Maybe one six. complaint in the past was over a year-long process, and, and this one current one that was shared um, is going to be probably about the same amount of time. Exactly. Uh, but, again, it doesn't need to be shared for everybody that's a keyboard warrior on Facebook. I get it. I'm a keyboard warrior at times, too. I've made some posts with you know expressing my frustrations about certain things within adga and and i'm sure i didn't gain any friends uh on the board or or you know seasoned breeders but i don't i honestly don't care about that uh, i just care about what's right or wrong and i'm going to tell you right now these people that were just sharing this over and over again and these people that were starting to light the torches to go after the monster adga uh it's not right, man. Like it has to go through the process. Like I get the frustrations. I'm usually the first one to jump on. This was not one to jump on. This this needed to calm down, go away, so that it can go through its due process. And the person that made the complaint can get a ethical answer from the board. Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, I, that's the best way that I can share that. Um, so. You know, that was a thing this week. Um, I do want to make a quick retraction, Nate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we do. Uh, we stated that if you were appraised in 2021, and when I say we, I mean me, <laughs> you wouldn't be eligible for appraisal in 2022. Well, that isn't necessarily true. It was discussed during the board of directors meeting that the focus of appraisal in 2022 will be focused on the herds and regions not appraised in the last few years, mainly this year and, and obviously uh, 2019. Um, yeah. So so that's the main focus. That's not to say if an appraisal was, was, well, 2020 didn't happen, 2019. 2020 uh, and 2021. <laughs> so uh, with that focus of people, you know, not being appraised and herds, um, if there was an appraisal in your area, then there's a chance that you might be able to get appraised. But again, the focus isn't going to be on you, the person that was appraised this year. So right. just so people are aware, um, I take that as, uh, if I were, I'm assuming this is me assuming this isn't facts. Uh, if I were to like apply to like Nate has a stop this year because he did, or next year because he didn't have one this year. If I were to apply, uh, I'd probably not be the first person in line, right? I'd probably be on the bottom of the totem pole. And if there's room, maybe they'd let me. Um, and it but would, that's it the way would I take that. Be, it would not be me making that decision either. So right, right, right. That the people who are getting the stops are going, oh, yeah, yeah, John Kane. Oh, he got a praise last year. No, it would be beyond it would be in adga it'd probably be our good buddy jim down there yep um you know and he's got him mean, that's a basket full of rattlesnakes that he's dealing with so yeah um, uh 
So I don't even want to uh, get into that. Yeah. So anyway, a new job openings for a senior full stack developer and communications yeah. director have been opened up on the Edgar website. Uh, I have. Are they still quit. going to be open by the time this hits the air? I believe so. I haven't okay. seen anything that there was a date yeah. that they were going to close it. I think they'll be open until they find somebody. Um, yeah. Well, a couple of people. I have a question regarding these hires. I first of all, I, I they're totally necessary. Something that needs to happen within Adga. My biggest question when I saw the starting salaries of these people is, where's this money coming from? You know, we've got a couple full time employees in Adga now. Uh, that we didn't have in the past. Uh, you know, we've got our new executive director, um, which costs money. Uh, we've got um, a bunch of people uh, that weren't on payroll, really, um, that are now on payroll. And now we're, we're going to be adding a couple more to that, it seems. Uh, so my biggest question is, and we'll never get the answer because financials are never shared. But uh, where is this money coming from? Are we going to be seeing, again, this is just me talking out loud. Are we going to be seeing registration costs and other costs going up to help balance this? Or what's going to happen? I don't know. Um, you know, Maybe we have enough in reserves where uh, we'll be fine. But you know, with NG the way it's been... In the continued uh -oh. cost of NG, I just uh -oh. don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh oh. You're, 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 uh -oh. you're going down the NG road there. Um, well, it's know. just. No I, return. No good. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I just. My fear is that we're just going to be adding on all these costs. And yes, we keep having more and more registrations because we have a lot of Nigerian dwarf breeders and. A lot more people in standards than there used to be. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, they're not, we're not getting tenfold the amount of people that we used to have. And shoot, I see people say they're jumping to AGS, whether they do or not, um, you know, left and right well, here. So to, it's, it's a little concerning. To do that, you've got to have only purebreds. Well, I know that. But, okay. I mean, but, um, and no, I mean, it, it is, it is a little concerning. But at the same time, um, you know, try getting competent people on a temporary salary. I mean, even if it's good pay um, on a temporary, you know, income, it's yeah. going to be hard to get good, good anybody. Um, well, I think, you know, obviously the full stack developer to help assist with NG is much needed and it's been needed since the get go. So that's great. I'm happy about that. The communications director, I thought we had a communications person and, and David Abbott, but maybe that's gone now. I, I don't know if he's still there. I haven't really heard anything, but um, regardless, uh, communications, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more activity on uh, social media from Adga. And, uh, well, not just social media. I'd like to see uh, emails. I'd like to well, see, yeah. um, you know, goodness, the communications director should be uh, helping us with video at national show, you know, mm -hmm. rather than what happened. I mean, it, it, I realize there are a lot of volunteers with that, but, you know, help us with develop that and get that 
So that way we don't have to rely on volunteers, you know? Right. Um, You know, and maybe that's what they're looking for. I certainly hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Oh, man. I was going to say that. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So good luck. I I hope we do find some uh, competent people here to help out. Um, Also, uh, to wrap up the news, the top 10 breed leader list is out. uh, Finally. So check it out and see what does topped your breeds list. Oh, there are, there are a number that I saw that recognized um, some really good does on that list. Uh, and, and a lot of does on that list I'm noticing that are, um, you know, checking a lot of check boxes, you know, not just putting the milk in the pail, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, general parents and, and you know, being show worthy. Well, that's not that's not the top ten list. That's just that's just there. There are animals that happen to be uh, highly touted show animals that didn't make the list. Yes, but so. uh, anyway, both. Um, Congratulations to all those breeders. Yeah, um, it's huge. You know, it is. Our it's, friend it's, Kurt it's, was on there. Yeah, um, uh, Morgan, you know, Brand- Brandy. Yeah. Um, I, goodness, uh, a bunch of others. I I think Acton was on there. And, Mm-hmm. And, and um, a bunch of people. I mean, we can't name them all. Um, <laughs> but congratulations to everybody. Yes. Um, so, so let's moving on. let's <laughs> let's go ahead and yeah. scurry into our topic here, uh, which this week's topic is kind of spurred by the fail that is my personal breeding season this year. <laughs> um, sure, we've had. Uh, some great successes here on our farm, and and I'll get into that. Uh, but we were still waiting on a doe to recycle uh, after having to loot her earlier in the year. Um, and and I say were because, well, let me just get into it, huh? Um, so here's the story on that. Uh, I had, I have a doe. Uh, her name's Whisper. I love that little doe. Well, she's quite big now, but. Uh, I love her a lot. She's a great doe. And I was like, yeah, I need to breed her or else she's going to get fat. So earlier in the year, I bred her. Um, just so happened to be that there was a storm that night that I bred her. And a tree branch, sizable tree branch, fell on the buck's fence. And my bucks got out in the middle of the night. What time? I don't know. Uh, so I go up to go do chores. And... Uh, I go in, you know, and I'm greeted by Vasquez and I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, you're not supposed to be out. Like, you know, tired me. That's the last thing I want to see in the morning is a buck that's stinky that I got to grab and put back in the pen. So I'm like, well, if you're out, where's Orion? Well, Orion decided to be a circus elephant and jump on top of our feed bin and jump into the junior kid pen. And... We happened to have Whisper, who was bred the night before uh, in that pen, and she was still in heat, and he tagged her. Here's the problem. Uh, Orion is her sire. And although I had contemplated earlier in the year, I decided I don't want to do that yet. I want to see something from Whisper and Voskos, you know, whatever. Yeah. So uh, I pull them out, and then... I go through the loop protocol uh, to induce her into flushing out that conception. And uh, we did so. 
And then she didn't come back into heat. It was Uh-oh. day twenty. It was day twenty one after the loop process was done, and uh, yeah, she didn't come back into heat. And I was like, "Well, what's going on?" And I know that she lost that that conception. I saw it. You know, everything. You know, it was normal. Um, flushing, I guess you can call it. So I was like, "Well, where's your heat?" Next day, where's your heat? Next day, where's your heat? And the next day, that morning, where's your heat? And I'm like, oh. And and I think it was like one of those next days that I uh, told you that we should really have a, a conversation on the podcast about uh, yeah. the, wo- the woes of breeding season. Uh, so I was on the phone with your wife, yep. Jen, one of my good friends. And, and, uh, and uh, now very knowledgeable in the ways of cycling does. Yeah, so I'm sitting there, quite frankly, just griping and just mad and and uh, feeling really down about the whole situation with Whisper. You know, I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, if she if she doesn't come back into heat, I'm just not going to breed her, and she's probably going to get fat because her damn got fat. You know, I went on this whole thing, and I'm sitting there complaining, <clears throat> and I'm doing chores while I'm complaining. So I'm doing evening chores, and I'm just about to shut up the doze. And all of a sudden, I hear one ball at me, and I'm like, well, who's yelling at me? And I go, oh, it's Whisper. And Jen goes, are you sure she's not in heat? And I was like, I don't think so. Like, she didn't look like she was, you know, ready. Sure enough, I uh, open up the door of the pen, let her out, and she starts heading down to the Bucks. I was like, well, <laughs> guess she's in heat, and she was. So I bred her, locked up the dough pen like Fort Knox. Locked up the bucks like Fort Knox uh, and bred her again that next evening. Um, and hopefully she took. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't really worry about my live breedings if they took or not. Usually um, just because, you know, it's usually a done deal. Usually. Now, how do you how do you and some people will ask me, you know, when you do your live readings, you just let them, you know, let the buck mount once and you're done. Um, how do you do it, a, John? I know how I do it, and I'll go into it if it's different. It de- honestly, it depends on the doe. So, like, Jem, my mature doe, she's always gotten tagged once, and I put her back, and she's bred, right? She yeah. can look at a buck, and she gets bred. Exactly. Um, other does, especially, like, first fresheners, I'll hand breed, you know, I'll let the buck out and hold in the doe, and um, the buck will breed her, and then I'll let them just kind of flirt with each other for, like, 15 minutes, and I'm just hanging out. And then I'll grab the doe again when the buck starts getting rowdy again and let her let him breed her again. And then I put her away. And that's usually it. Um, sometimes if it's one that I really want to take, like when Mary Mac recycled another woe of my breeding season, you know, she was bred for February kids. She's having April kids now. Um, when she recycled, I was like, well, we're going to do this the hard way. So I let him get her twice, put her away. Um, and that was like an evening breeding. So the next morning, I let her let him get her twice again. And then I let him get her one more time for good measure. And I know there's some people out there that'll say, oh, well, if you breed them, you know, multiple times, you're more likely to get bucks or anything. Well, you know, I'm, I just want kids at this point. Right. So I don't care. Um, what do you guys do? So, you know, what we try to do is we do we'll pull them out and. We'll, we try to let the buck have 
you know, get Mauner and, and Breeder three times, and then we'll put her back. And then three times, back. Jeepers Creepers, you're there for an hour. Oh yeah, we, we, we let him do what he's got to. Some bucks are just kind of uh, they're the the you know wild mm. crazy guys, and they're you know five, ten, fifteen minutes. Um, you know, goodness. You know, others are trying to romance her and, you know, get the flowers and the wine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I feel like that's an Oberhasley thing. They're just yeah. like, oh, let me, let me light yeah. some candles. Um, you know, they're, you're kind of there for about an hour. But we try to get them, you know, three months per, you know, per time. And then we'll do it, you know, you know, the next short time, whether it's morning or, or night. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to get, just in case, um... Yeah, I've heard the whole thing on, well, if you breed them twice, you're going to increase chance of bucks. Um, I, I kind of have my own crazy theory. and I know Oh, let's hear it. Tinfoil hat time. Pe- I know, people are going to jump all over me on this one. Uh-oh. Um, if you breed the doe early, you're more apt to get does. Mm-hmm. The later you breed her, you increase the chances of bucks. But Nate, what about but if you're doing AI? You still increase the chances of bucks. But no, because listen, AIs are usually towards the end of the cycle when the doe's just walking away from the buck. We haven't had very many successful AIs. I say not very many. We've had um. Two, three, four, five. Probably about half of our AIs have been successful. So okay, and of those AIs, how many? In roughly, I don't want you to count every single one, but how many were does and how many were bucks? I'm going to say we ended up with two thirds of those being bucks. Hmm. And those those other one third. Were doe buck twins. That's well, that just counts as doe, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's why I say it's kind of crazy. At least with the live readings now, AI. I, I do think you you kind of because of the very nature of the AI. I don't know about that, it. man. I don't know if I agree. <coughs> I don't well, know if it, I agree. It, it's. I just say it's a crazy theory. Theories aren't laws. Theories are just somebody has an idea, right? That, they're in the yeah. middle of testing it. Um, and it's just something I've noticed is at least especially with the live covers, that the later in the cycle that the buck gets to the doe, the greater the chance. I and mean, I'm not saying that it's always going to be. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that every time that, that buck covers that doe on the last minute of her heat cycle that you're going to end up with buck kids. Right. Um, no, I'm just no. saying it increases the chance. I will I will agree that our first couple years of uh, breeding goats, uh, as soon as the doe was in heat, we just throw the buck on her once and call it good. We didn't know what we were doing. So we would just uh, throw them on her once, let them tag her once, and we're like, all right, she's good, bread, right? And our first couple years, I want to say our first two years, we ended up with all does and maybe one buck uh, yeah. the first two years. Um, so I can see your point. With that, um, I'm sure there's some science to it, but I just, I think with AI being late now, my thinking is, well, if that's late and you can get those 
you know, from that, I don't know what people that breed a ton of AIs um, now, do. This is where the, the veterinarians who listen to our show can uh, shoot yeah. my theory full of holes. <laughs> so here's my science behind my thoughts. Okay, so as the egg is released from the over, it travels down the fallopian tube towards the uterus. Yep. Okay. And uh, the general consensus that I've I've read is that the male semen tends to be weaker than the female semen, such that it is more apt to uh, die off before it gets way up into the fallopian tubes. So in the beginning of the heat cycle, the egg is way up there in the fallopian tubes heading towards the uterus, such that then if you breed the, the dough, then there's a greater percentage of female sperm or female zygotes that will get to that egg um, than there will be male zygotes. Now, um, the further down that egg gets later in the heat cycle, towards the uterus, the higher the percentage of male sperm that will be alive when it comes in contact with that egg. Okay. At which point, yeah, of course, you're going to increase the chance of fuck kids. You get that egg right down in the uterus. It's not saying that you're going to have all bucks, but you're increasing the chance of bucks. Now, the that's where I'm saying you get to the point where the dough is walking away from the box, as many people talk about for AI. Um, I think you're increasing the chance of bucks with that. Um, which, for me, when I'm AIing, I, I'm trying to create a new herd sire, which for me is is good. Um, now, again, anyone who does AI regularly can disagree with me. And I'd love to hear, have discussion on that. Any veterinarians who disagree with me, I'd love to hear. Um, please, these I get these crazy theories. Ask my wife, ask John, all my other friends. You know, some of them are really crazy and wacky. Tinfoil hat. Tinfoil hat. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd love to hear, hear, but that's kind of my theory on... Early heat cycles and late heat cycles. All right. Well, I let you have your moment, Nate. But now we're gonna and, get back on the path so anyways, of the topic. So, what <laughs> do you see? Any have you tried cedars? Well, no, I haven't, and that's just because usually my breeding season's pretty tight. Uh, and this year, I mean, last year they were all born like. They all freshen in like a day, right? Uh, I think we had three, maybe four days of kidding last year, and then the year before the year that, that it was all with yeah, and then the year before that it was like a week, seven days, um, and then the year before that was stretched out a little bit more, kind of like this year. Um, so this is basically the complaining topic, just so you guys know. Uh, where I just complain how uh, breeding season just wouldn't quit. Uh, but yeah, so we don't use cedars. 
Um, I've heard of mishaps with Caesars, Cedars, Caesars, Little Caesars pizza. Little Caesars. A lot of mishaps with that. Yeah, I've had a lot of mishaps with them. When I've ordered a <laughs> pepperoni pizza. pizza and they've sent me pepperoni and sausage pizza, oh, I hate that. Sorry. <laughs> so uh there have been mishaps that i've heard i mean our friend brandy jacchino uh what was it last year she had a cedar that got stuck inside of a dough and wait, she pulled dough cycle wait say that again i think i think she pulled it pulled the right. cedar and then so, the dough cycle right so she thought that she lost her cedar but she didn't so the cedar was inside the dough and she just would not cycle at, like just would not she's like dumbfounded and then finally they stuck a speculum in there and they're like oh there's the cedar so they got it out and then she immediately cycled for them so uh you know mishaps can happen with that you know some does will pull the string out um and you know other does it's ineffective pull that little plastic uh it's a little plastic it looks like a string like a tag yeah it's like a pull out yeah yeah so you don't have that out the dough pull it out. You know what happened to us? Um, so in 2019, we supplied the doughs for the buck collection at Cornell University. Mm-hmm. And so we we were told, you know, make sure you have doughs in heat on the state. So we cedared like five or six doughs. We did the whole cedar protocol. We were like, well, you know, we're going to breed them shortly thereafter anyway. And we'll, we'll do that. And, uh, you know, first off, none of the does ended up getting pregnant on that breeding, um, including one doe who she cycled for like 90 hours. Jeez. Yeah. Like, and it was a doe we wanted to AI. And so we dropped yeah. to like, well, like when, you know, because some AI protocols with cedars call for, you know, so many hours from the beginning of a strong heat cycle. And so we got to like hour 52, I think it was, and Jen's like, okay, time to AI, put it in there. She's like, the dough's still cycling. You know, the next day she's still going. So Jen, I think we ended up putting like three straws in the dough and she didn't take to any of them. Um, and, uh, eventually she came back in, in a natural heat cycle, um, 21 days following the end of the cedar induced 90 hour frenzy. And Mm -hmm. she took on that one. Um, so when for your breeding season, um, when it just won't quit, uh, when do you, you and Jen decide to throw in the towel or just keep trying? Because for me, I had this grand idea that my March kids are always hot by June and July. Like, so I want my, you know, they'll, they'll look okay prior, but they really hit their stride June and July every year. It's the same thing. So it's like, I really want my March kids. So I, I, my goal was for that, but it, it stretched out to the point where I've got, two march kids maybe maybe three i got two in april and then one in the beginning of may as of right now uh so it's not ideal for me when is your guys's cutoff for breeding season when you say well you're you're not taking you're gone you're either gone or you're just not getting bred 
It depends. <laughs> you and that it depends. I'm going to buy it depends. <laughs> I'm going to a bag full of diapers. Yep. I'm going to get them next, next show. Um, anyway, no, it, it, it really does. Because if it's that dough, if it's like a three-year-old, you know, second freshener and and she's, you know, she doesn't take, she's going to be a five-year-old second freshener or third freshener. Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll try, you know, try to get her just to freshen, you know. Um, but if it's, if it, like right now we have a yearling. Um, we brought her tonight. Um, if she doesn't take, she'll be dry yearling. Yeah. You know, we we really don't want June kids. We'd prefer not to have May kids. Mm-hmm. But again, if it's that one dough, if it's a special dough or a special circumstance, we'll breed just to have. Goodness, last year we we freshened out into I think it was like June sixth. Yeah, you know, that's we nonsense. Started in January, in the end of January, and we we had does freshening right on through till the end of June six. But I also know there are people who will breed year round. Well, yeah, there there definitely are breeders that do that, and dairy operations that do that for sure. And those um, people are likely to be people people though, unlike me, who know how to use cedars. Well, yeah. Um, I'll admit, I, I don't think I we used it adequately or, or properly. So, um, no, for, for me, we prefer May 1st to be our cutoff. June 1st, definitely. But again, I, I throw that word, it depends. It depends on the dough. Well, here's my thinking. You know, June 1st, I, get, I hate to think that, I hate to say that, like, this year, really, what's driving my breeding season is nationals, but it's true. So it, first it nationals, and I, you know, it's our big dance. We wanna, we wanna go and swing around, and you know, have have great goats there. And honestly, if like say Whisper doesn't take, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now, but say she doesn't take, she's gonna be dry for for nationals, and I'm gonna try yeah. my darndest not to, so she doesn't get too fat, because that's that was the big stressor with her uh, being bred. Is that her dam was a very fat, dry yearling. No matter if I cut her off of food, she looked at food, she got fat, right? Yeah. Very much like very much like me. So <laughs> it's uh it was kind of imperative to me that she didn't get fat. And and honestly, I like the way that milking yearlings look compared to dry yearlings. It's just there's no doubt about it. They just grow faster, better, stronger. It's just they the do. way it is. Um, people are going to fight me on that. That's fine. But that's just the way well, I see things. Um, I think so dry yearlings do very well. Right. And and plus, honestly, May kids, like, they could be from a stellar breeding. And more times than not, especially this year, I'll probably end up selling Whispers kids soaking wet on the bottle, you know, just get them out of here because I don't want to have to deal with bottle feeding kids that late. I don't want to deal with the size difference and having to deal with oh, yeah. most likely dry yearlings. Right. I just don't want to do it. So this year um, there's a slight possibility that we'll keep a doe kid 
for nationals just to see, you know, just to have that in that class. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, Ugh. like after nationals, you're gone. <laughs> so, a lot of breeders, this, you know, when nationals comes around, will breed towards nationals. Okay, right. so I, I don't think that there's anything different there. Um, as, as far as this for us, those main June kids, pretty much, unless they just grow like weeds, unless they grow like weeds, they're going to be dry yearlings anyway for us in our herd. But do, you, but do you think that relying, not relying, but uh, encompassing your year to nationals so heavily uh, is detrimental to your program. Like, do you think we rely too heavy on nationals, um, or is it just smart to uh, rely for, on them for a certain for, year? For us, um, now you know my wife will probably totally disagree with me on this. <laughs> um, but for me, I kind of look at the nationals for us. We're, we're always trying to do improvement in our herd. You know, if you're a breeder, that's what you're trying to do. But for me, kind at this stage that we're at, I kind of use it as uh, a grading. Not grading. That's not the right word. I'm comparing us to other other breeders. You know, there's breeders out there that are, are nationally known and doing great jobs. Kind of saying, where do we stand you know, in that group, do we stand behind them all and look at the goat from the rear and go, wow, those are some great rear udders. Or do, are we kind of in the midst, in, in the mix of the whole thing? Um, and that's kind of how I look at nationals, um, is where, where are we? Um, I, I think we're going, we're constantly trying to do our best. Does it help with breedings? Yeah. You talk to my wife. She's like, oh, these kids are gonna, these kids being bred tonight are gonna be in, in the junior kid class with kids mm-hmm. that are gonna freshen, you know, in March are gonna be the intermediates and, you know, um, yeah, you know, we, I, I, I won't kid you, you know, we, we do look at that, but do we make plan our breeding who they're being bred to specifically for nationals? No. No, because those kids, kids are, are fun to show, but um, goodness, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Esmeralda, she's an Oberheisley national champion. She didn't do that great as a dry doe. Right. You know, and she did, you know, she obviously ended up at one point being the national champion. Um. Oh, I, I take juniors with a great grain of salt as far as national champions and, and it go. might be that she did do it as, as, that well as a junior junior and I think she did do well as a junior drydo junior mm-hmm. yearling not junior senior yearling I'd have to look at the the numbers and I'm sure and Megan if you're out there you can you know correct me on that um, so yeah. Um, well, yeah I just think you know, like reflecting on this topic when it was kind of like a woe is me when you're up, you're down type deal. Um, you know, we, we started out the breeding season with breeding, uh, Mary Mac first. And that was for February kids. And then she went 21 days and beyond. And I was like, wow. And it was day 42, her second cycle. 
that she came into heat. So we ended up breeding her for April 2nd kids, right? And then, yeah. <laughs> like, that was very frustrating. Um, you know, we then, then I think that my doe, uh, Thea, who was AI'd uh, to an awesome, you know, pretty stellar guy, uh, I thought she was coming to heat and then she didn't. So now it's like, oh, now I got to pull blood to see if she's actually, actually bred or if she did go into heat and it was just super silent, you know? Um, she, you know, she was headbutting and, and playing like crazy one day. Um, but ever since then, she's been super playful, even with me trying to, you know, jump with both hooves on my back and be super needy for, you know, attention. Um, and then, you know, I've got this whole whisper thing that I mentioned uh, that happened. And, and honestly, it was like, oh, so frustrating. You know, we went from what would have been a pretty tight kidding schedule from, february to the end of march to now we're looking into you know close to may you know because we do we do induce labors so it's actually going to be the end of april um and actually that'll mary mac will actually be the the end of march so i mean honestly we're not looking too bad but at the same time you're just like oh i wanted it tighter i wanted you know (laughs) it to go super easy i want one age group even though everybody wants super different age groups for nationals i totally understand it but as you know just so frustrating i don't know who said it um but that all breeding plans are tentative until the doe is confirmed bred. yeah i want to say that was lauren acton it might be Um, um you know it just it's one of these things you know Every year we we keep trying like okay we're gonna we're gonna get them to freshen in in five to ten animal blocks and we're gonna be able to have like craziness for like you know a few days and then it'll be quiet for a month and we end up with a doe freshening this weekend and next weekend and the weekend after right you know and it, it can be maddening but you know what I I think that's kind of the goats, folks. <laughs> you know, uh, we no matter how much we plan or what we use, um, they're gonna always keep us guessing. Uh, you can use the Cedars, you can use the PG six hundred, the loot. Um, there's a few other things you can use. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Um, if you're lucky, um, they they are textbook and they cycle with with the uh, cedar and it's PG 600 and you get multiple drops of, of eggs and multiple releases of eggs. And oh boy. Can... Here we go with the chicken talk again. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and you get your dream AI done and it's great or AI dream live breeding. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, the goats, folks, they, they, they play on a different role. And unless you're going to – now, I, I have seen uh, – Jace Toy did some. Uh, uh, what, Lap Blisper- AIs? Yep. Uh, Blissberry has done a bit. Uh, I think Le- Levi Campbell has done some. You know, they, they – some really cool laparoscopic AI. Um, it's almost – they're just putting it right into the science of – 
you know, ruminant reproduction and, you know, taking a lot of the guesswork out, but um, it can be a bit costly. So, oh, yeah, moving on. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to talk about something real quick, Nate, um, since this is the woe is me when you're up, you're down podcast of John. Um, let's talk about something that's kind of fun. And we talked about okay. it during the Thanksgiving special, uh, but I want to talk about it again here. Um, so we very thankfully we've reached 800 plus likes we're now up to like 850 now yeah facebook page it's freaking awesome so yeah you posted it (laughs) so uh (laughs) didn't you see it i saw it (laughs) so i actually shared something (laughs) (laughs) so we we um we're gonna do a a drawing uh, for those that entered on our Facebook page. And if you haven't entered yet, I'd suggest doing so uh, because we're going to be giving away a free hoodie. Who doesn't like a hoodie uh, with our free stuff. ringside? Yeah. Ringside uh, logo on it. Um, so go ahead and enter. And I'm thinking Nate that we'll do the drawing on like Facebook live or something. We'll figure it out uh, with you and me. Um I was going to say Friday, but I know that you're busy Friday nights and Saturday nights because you're such a party animal. Woo! <laughs> uh, so let's do it. Mm, we'll do it Sunday, which is this Sunday, Sunday coming up, which is the 12th. If I look at my calendar. Is it the 12th? I think so. Boy, Christmas is right around the corner, which will be a perfect timing uh, <laughs> to send out for a Christmas gift for our winner. Uh, so yeah, so we'll do the the drawing on the twelfth, and yeah, hopefully those that entered, you know, hopefully you're the lucky winner, whoever you are. Um, I think that'll be fun. We're, I'll try to figure out how we can do it on Facebook Live. Um, hopefully we'll have some success with that. I know, we, I know, Gilgab was on Facebook Live uh, the other day, <laughs> and it didn't work out that well. They didn't mean to go on live. Yeah, with both of us. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so remotely, we'll we'll have to play with that and see how we can do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that will be great. It's just a little token of our appreciation for all of you listening. I know this has been kind of like a, you know, just kind of drone of a podcast episode where we're just kind of sitting back talking goats and the uh, ins and outs of breeding season and the long breeding season at that. Um, <laughs> but I think it'll be fun. I also might have something else to uh, raffle off. Uh, not raffle. Uh, to give away. I don't know if Tierney wants to give it away. She kind of likes what she made. Um, and I can't show Nate it because it has something to do with his Christmas present as well. Mine? Uh, yeah. So... Um, yeah, I guess that'll be a surprise uh, towards the holidays. Once everybody <laughs> that we're making this present for gets it, we can kind of share it. Um, but yeah, so look forward to us doing that on the 12th. We'll do the day before. We'll do a time uh, and, you know, we'll 
we'll get it all scheduled out so nobody misses it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Nate, is there anything else that you want to add about the woes of kidding season? I know, or of kidding season, breeding season. Well, no. Uh, see, that that was where I was going to go with with my comment was, you know, breeding season is, is kind of where we we've all done our math and we've we've done our calculations and and we're you know looking at this buck and that buck and this doe and trying to get the AI stuff going. And, um, you know, yeah, it, it's kind of the excitement. It's, you know, and then we, we sit back here now, this quiet period where we let them bake, you know, we, we let those does, you know, grow those, ba- those babies. And we try to feed them right and make sure that they're, you know, not going to be, you know, going into ketosis or milk fever or other issues and, and wait for those kids to come in the next few months. I know some people start freshening probably in a few weeks. Um, yeah. You know, but, uh, and that's, that's exciting. I can't wait to see the, all those baby pictures. being. Posted. I can't wait. We're going to, we'll do like a, fun thread that we'll pin to the top of the page where uh, people can share their cute kids that are being born. And I can't wait to see all those cute little Nigerians. I love those little babies when they're so tiny and you know, the long eared <laughs> Nubians and the cute little tags, all of them, you know, it's something to look forward to. That's what we all look forward to. Is right. That to have those kid goats born healthy, the does are healthy and we can breathe a sigh of relief. So, you know, folks, mm-hmm. it's coming, some of us, sooner than later. And I guess that's all I have to say. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, I think next week we have Danelle Wolford on again. Um, and she's of uh, Weedham and Reap on YouTube. Uh, she went to convention, so we're going to get her insight on uh, a new breeder in the show world going to convention and what she learned at different stops that she made for classes and such. It'll be a great conversation. I can't wait to touch base with her again. Uh, she's a really great person. And, and uh, it's just, she goes to prove that, yeah, she might be popular on, on YouTube and all that. Uh, but I mean, we hold conversations, her and I probably at least once a week where we uh, have a good talk about goats and all that good stuff. So, uh, She's very approachable, and and I can't wait to hear her insight on convention. Um, But, yeah, everybody, thank you for joining us on Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. That's Nate. We'll catch you on the next one. Good night. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.